Welcome to the Wellness Pie Shop, where each episode we delve into a different slice of wellness in hopes of nourishing ourselves. With the help of special guests and a little of our own irreverent insight, we'll dive into some of the ingredients that make up the whole of Wellness Pie. We're your hosts, Dina Searden. And I'm Rachel Paez. Thanks for joining us. Now grab a cup of tea, sit back and relax, and enjoy a piece of Wellness Pie. Rachel, today on our podcast, we're going to have Dr. Wendy Lords. So she has her doctorate in international relations, works as a social worker, and has done mediation. Dang, I'm excited to speak to her. Wendy, are you there? Are you there? Are you Dina. There? Oh, there you check, are. Check, check, check. <laughs> How's it going? Oh, there you are. Pick a, pick a better, pick a better thing, background. All right, okay. <laughs> oh, look at That's that. That's early. nice. Ah, uh, yeah. That's <laughs> why ale ale? No, it's not why. It's why. In Hawaiian, I guess it's the W if it's the beginning of the word, but it's pronounced V if it's in the middle. So it's why ale ale. One of the wettest spots on earth, apparently, on there Kauai. Who knew we were going to learn so much in the first <laughs> thirty seconds? <laughs> so welcome. I'm so, so glad yeah. that you were able to join us. Well, thank you. Thank you. I. Me too. Thanks for the invite. Well, uh, welcome again. Don't be self-conscious. Well, thank you. Well, you're welcome. Okay, so then I won't. <laughs> so <laughs> let's go ahead and, and dive on into our wellness pie for the week. Wendy, I'm curious. I know quite a bit about you. You have quite an interesting story. And can you tell our listeners, you know, who you are and um, what has brought you to the point where you are right now in your life and in your career, if you want to talk about that? Who am I? Uh, well, I'm uh, I'm a human. Um, I what? How do I say who I am? You know, this isn't this isn't all I am, but but I like to think this is sort of my 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 raison d'être, if you will. Um, that that, <laughs> and I think you will. Um, I I, I think a, that often. <laughs> what is Wendy's raison d'être? <laughs> I like to, I like to conceive of myself as, as a reconciler. Um, I'm a peacemaker. I mean, I, I think that that's my, um, my calling on the planet. And I've been told that I am good at that sort of a role and um, it resonates with me. And so that's kind of, that's, I like, I, I, and I feel that, um, when I when I try to live in peace, then I'm tune with the universe and um, with who I'm supposed to be while I'm on the planet. Um, so that's kind of it's kind of my my thing. It's kind of my shtick. Um, you know, I kind of I like the peace iconography and things like that. Um, I I grew up with a lot of love between my parents. My my dad came from a Mormon family. He was a Republican from Idaho. My mom was Jewish and she uh, was from New York. She was a Democrat and those two crazy kids just fell in love and um, had me. And um, they basically just taught me love. And, and uh, I really, um, that really propelled me into, into the life that I have and that I love now. And uh, I feel like that was the best foundation I could have 
had from anywhere and under any circumstance. I mean, we were like basically middle-class folks. Um, so I didn't have like every luxury, but I, I knew that I had a lot of love and I had just a ton of acceptance from my parents. And so um, that, that really was an oscillation for me. So as I grew up, I, I just sought that in my life. And, and um, so I sought, I sought out God and I tried different uh, ways of relating to God. And uh, I sought out relationships with people who I felt were um, healthy and positive folks and um, went to school, uh, went to uh, Cal State for my human services and child development, bachelor's degrees, went on to USC, that other school, Dina, uh, across town um, for my, my master's in social work subsequently for my doctorate in international relations. And um, yeah, so that's, and that's all been about like wanting to, my, 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 my professional aspirations have all been about wanting to, to work with people, wanting, wanting to talk with people about things that are significant to them and wanting to share those moments of, um, those aha moments with folks and, and, and um, glimpses of, of truth and um, realness with people. Um, been working at, uh, as you know, Dina, Radiant Health Centers, um, formerly AIDS Services Foundation in Irvine, which is an AIDS service organization as a social worker for almost 30 years. And uh, during that time, in addition to finishing my, um, my doctorate in international relations with an eye toward doing piecework, I was also uh, credentialed as a mediator. And I also have done reconciliation work with the Episcopal Diocese of Los Angeles and that's all, you know, that's all, of course, been about the peace thing. It's all been moving me closer and closer toward, toward doing peace work. And, and, and I still, I'm 57, um, <laughs> shockingly, but I still see myself as being on the threshold of my peace career. And I'm about, I'm kind of launching into that to the church a little bit more lately on a volunteer basis and hoping to um, eventually be paid by them to do that type of work full time. That's amazing stuns me how much you've squeezed in. Um, I, I hear you say, oh, you've worked at, you know, Radiant Health Centers, which was formerly ASF for almost 30 years. And somehow that can't be possible. Um, I know. And yet you, while there, I mean, you've, you know, you've achieved your doctorate, you've gotten this mediators um, degree certificate. That's, yeah, it's a certificate. It's, it means I get to go out and and mediate hither and yon ah, for folks. Hither and yon. And yeah. um, I think what I find interesting and, and I wonder is what is it, I, I, I heard you say that your parents gave you a lot of love and that really sounds like that's where your foundation lies. So when you think about what your values are and how they play into your desire to help others, um, that in and of itself may be one of your values, but I'm just wondering, you know, how do, what would you identify as your values? What, when you say that, I think um, the word mensch comes to mind, which is a Yiddish word, meaning like a real human, hmm. um, basically. I thought it was a bad word. <laughs> no, like, go ahead and say, I mean, you can't, yeah, you can, well, you, you could, you could, it, it, it works like, um, from your gut that way. Like it, I see where it can feel that way. It's like, oh, you're such a mensch, you mm. know, but that's actually a good thing. Um, okay. You could say like putts, 
or like a schmandrick or something. There, there's, I'll, we'll talk later. There's a plen plenty of Jewish words, of Yiddish words that are very expressive for all different flavors of folks. Um, but you know, mensch is a word that is from my mom's world, but, but both of my parents were mensches and um, just considerate of others. And um, they brought me up to try to consider others in my life. My dad used to always say, you know, if you're, if you're speaking with people, be aware of your audience. Don't, don't monopolize the conversation, be considerate and, and exchange, you know, listen and share. And, and um, so I've tried to, tried to be a mensch, I guess, um, try to take others into account. And, and I just really believe that life goes better that way. And life will go better for us as a human race. The more we do that, the more we can practice that, especially now, you know, where we are on the threshold, we're on the threshold of 2021. Um, we're hopefully looking at maybe on the horizon some point, um, rounding the, actually rounding the curve of COVID-19. Um, and, and we're in a position of just a huge ton of political strife in our world. And, and I just feel like um, basically peace starts with each of us being mensches. So how is it, how do you adapt being a very peaceful person and a peace-loving person and, and just um, identifying with the humanness of individuals. How do you manage in the world when it's as tumultuous as it is right now? I try to have a way of transcending the tension. Um, you know, I've had many times to have conversations with the, within the church setting with, with people with whom I disagree on a lot of things, but in the role of a mediator. So a big part of that role is about putting my stuff aside and just coming from a place of, of, of reconciliation and a, being a listener and being trying to be a facilitator and liaison between people. So I guess I've had some practice at checking my stuff. Um, <laughs> and it doesn't mean I, it doesn't mean I, um, I'm a victim. It doesn't mean that I let myself be subjected to negative energy, but as and as a social worker too, I'm sure you can understand like that that people can give you negative energy, but what you do with that is your choice. You know, so so I try Absolutely. to um, I try to really um, find my my center in times of stress and um, and just really try to take a breath, take a step back, and uh, and be open to a productive interaction with the other person. I think it's so. Um, I'm I'm so like locked in thinking about your parents and how your parents really came from drastically different backgrounds. And you talk about mediation, you talk about peace, you talk about kind of this difference in a lot of opinions with the people that you work with, and that your parents seemed to have taken their differences, put them aside to show up for you in a space of love and a mm -hmm. space of, you know, kind of mediation and, and what I can only imagine that their backgrounds and their upbringing probably brought some differences of parenting skills. And yet what I hear from you is they kind of put that all aside and, and showed up to be the best supporters and the best lovers, um, the best loving parents that they could be. And I'm just, I find that so interesting. And then here you are kind of talking about, well, yeah, I like taking that space with people and um, helping them find kind of commonality in their differences. Mm -hmm. 
Um, yeah, I mean, that was such a gift to me. I mean, it was, it was my life's gift of, to, from my parents, you know, it's, they, they just, they just loved each other. I mean, they, they encountered each other first, just as humans. I, I don't know. I mean, obviously not having been there. Um, <laughs> all I know is that, that the story goes, they were my, my, um, they both, my mom was friends from some sort of folk dance group with my dad's brother and sister-in-law and knowing both of them that, you know, they felt they had to bring them together. And so they uh, invited both of them to this folk dance festival in Ojai. And my mom, for whatever reason, brought a box of dates and offered one to my dad. And my dad said, that's not the kind of date I want. Oh, and then <laughs> here I am, here I am. So that's, that's the kind of, it's just a little flavor of the whole thing. I mean, that's like, you know, a little prologue. So to the, sweet. It gives you a sense, you know, Dad and that's so smooth. they just loved each other. And, and that's, yeah, yeah. He was a smooth, a smooth <laughs> talker, but um, yeah. And just, they just played off each other and, you know, they were just human with each other. And that's all those differences, like on paper, just really didn't matter to them. Like they really just did not matter. Um, so they just really were the ones who taught me about zoning in on somebody's energy. You know, what's the energy? What's, you know, don't, don't worry. I mean, we always can find reasons to butt up against each other, but it's the searching for the, for the commonalities that we've got to do more of, you know, because that's where we can meet. Even if it's just something really, really basic, um, that's where we can meet and go forward with each other. That is so true. That is so true. I was, I was just thinking, can you come over here and mediate with, anyway. Um, <laughs> Some participants, participants in Dina's household. Oh Lord. I don't know who you would pick. I feel like I, there'd know, be a couple. There, there, there are, a couple people. There are, you know, we've got triangulation happening. We've got splitting yeah. happening. We've got, yeah, we, we got it all. Yeah, we got yeah. it all. All right. Yeah, this, is, this is a fertile ground for mediation. Nice. <laughs> nice. I, I, I love that point that you made, Rachel, and that is, it, Wendy, it, it's, it's almost like you were born into this mediative, that's not even a word, but we it is actually here. Oh. mediative. Oh, I think it is. Okay, thank you. Now it um, is. And, and it is now officially, if it were not already. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. But that you were brought into that. Not that your parents, they may not have even considered their love and their relationship um, a compromise of any sort whatsoever mm -hmm. because they came together, they loved each other, they had a daughter whom they loved. And at the same time, we know from history that, you know, folks from different religions have divergent attitudes and backgrounds, and it can be really challenging. So, you know, I, I just, I applaud your parents and I know that they were yeah, older when too. they had you too. I'm, I'm sure you yeah. really, <laughs> we're well, going to be grateful know, for that. It's so crazy to me because we talk to our other guests and I'm just thinking in my head, you know, one of the questions we ask is what influences your values and a lot, uh, some of the responses, my response is from seeing what not to do. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of how I formulated my values by like, oh, I don't like how they do this. This doesn't align with me. I'm going to shoot to the other side. And it's um, refreshing to hear from somebody being like, oh, my parents kind of did a good job. And I liked that they did that. And I liked how they, you know, raised me and how they put their differences aside. And I took that because it was 
something that aligned with me. And I, mm-hmm. to be honest with you, don't hear that very often. Mm-hmm. I know. And I, I swear <laughs> to God, it's such a blessing. It's huge. I mean, and I, I do, I, it's, it brings some sadness for me because I've not had children and I always thought I wanted to have children to even just to carry on that like legacy of love. But so I, I feel, I mean, I have, I have my nephew and, and I love him and he loves me and, and he's an awesome guy. And I, but there's like no fruit of my loins. And um, as they say, that's how we talk about our dog. Um, it's the fruit of our loins. Um, but I feel like I need to leave the world with some of that love. I mean, I feel like I, that's my charge. I need to, I need to pass that on somehow. I mean, that's, that's, I just feel like that's what I'm supposed to do. It well, sounds like that's what you're them. doing. Yeah, it sounds like that's what you're doing is this like, that's how your career became is this is the fruit of your loin is your career and what you do and how that um, you carry on what your parents, you know, instilled in you into really bringing that knowledge to the people that you work with. Cause it, from my understanding of mediation and, and kind of the work that you do, it's people who are on very opposite sides of the spectrum, trying to come to a common resolution and figuring out what the human characteristics of the opposite mm-hmm. person is. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I think that's in, in especially the church, um, which you work with, it's kind of finding the outside of what maybe the religious text says, what makes a human, a human mm-hmm. and love and peace. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So. I'm interested to know, we talk a lot about this, this peace aspect, which definitely seems like a value to you. Are there others that kind of you think about or that feel as true to you other than kind of this idea of commonality and peace? Um, Strangely, a lot seems to fall into that basket um, for me. (laughs) Like it's really, there's a lot when I think about, um, I mean, I think about that people should, you should treat people as you want to be treated. I mean, to me, that's about harmony, you know, so there's the piece again. I mean, yeah. uh, that's, that, those are really the main, that's just really what, um, I guess how I see the world is just my framework. I suppose, I don't know, what do you think, Dina? Do you see uh, me having values that I'm not recognizing that uh, <laughs> I just, I just, it just, um, you know, like I say, fairness and, and um, I think fairness and equity Equity. Thank you. That's a good word. Mm-hmm. word. Kindness, mm-hmm. kindness, um, beauty. I the think whole. you're whole. Sorry. The whole. Yeah. The gestalt, right? Thank you. Danke. <laughs> so what I'm hearing you say is that I, you're right. I, it's, you know, beauty and justice, equity. These are all harmonizing kinds of mm-hmm. ideas. And I have to say, for some reason, I, I, it just sort of popped into my head about your singing and your music and all that kind of stuff too. Mm. And how, um, the idea of harmonizing music. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I definitely, music was really big for both of my parents too. And yeah, that's, that's huge for me. Um, we used to, when we would be like, I would not, okay. It would mostly be them like cleaning the house when I was a kid. (laughs) I was, I was the weak link. Okay. Between the three of us. But, um, but I would hear them both like singing from different parts of the house, um, different like uh, musicals and uh, 
songs songs from from mostly from musicals that they knew and and it was just really cool it was just really a part another part of that harmony just the literal harmony mm-hmm. um and so yeah i'm i've always been very much into music and i had never really um, thought of it's interesting because i was telling um rachel i said okay so i'm i've invited my friend wendy to join us and i was you know describing you and all and the first word that came up and out of my mouth when I talk, when I think about you is Switzerland, which is what we used to call you all the time. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. People (laughs) at at work was Switzerland because whenever anyone had an issue with other coworkers or with a client, it was, you always found that way to find the neutral ground. And I just today hearing you describe what you value and what is makes up Wendy Lords. Doctor with the Lord. Doctor. Doctor. Um, um, that's it. That's it. So I, I guess, um, yeah, from what I understand, that's kind of a Libran kind of quality too, that of like the seeking of balance and stuff. And I think it's kind of like, it's a challenge to me. It's like a game. Like, how can we find a common ground? Um, and so maybe that's kind of also where that comes from that I, I just think you know I'm, I'm really into like I'm really I think I'm pretty pragmatic like I want to see things move forward to a solution and and when I see things getting derailed in a process like if there's conflict and things like that it's like my goal like I really want to see it resolve I want to see things move forward and if I can <laughs> see a path I, I feel sort of compelled to like want to say oh hey look over here because I hate, I hate seeing people go in circles and I hate going in circles myself. And so I, I just think, and I know that it's hard. I know that, that in times of stress and conflict and crisis, it's hard to see the path forward. And so I, I do kind of feel like, and, and I can't always see that easily for my own life, of course. I mean, I'm, this is my subjective experience, but, but where I can see a path forward, I feel like, yeah, I wanna be able to contribute that view. And what I think is so unique is, um the fact that you don't get caught up in that, even though you want to have something resolved, even though you want to get people out of the circle, the spinning circles, it doesn't frustrate you. And that is a gift because I can get really type A and be like, we just need to get this done. We just need to do this. We need to do that, right? I have something to say. So I'll, I'll I'll just pop in. I'm curious to know how you decided to one, become a social worker, two, then go get your doctorate in not social work, and then still facilitate as a social worker today. How did, how did that, where was your train of thought in that path? <laughs> how did I, why did I not go forward? No, um, well, okay, so in high school, I was part of a peer counseling program. And it was really, what it was, was it was a class. They need to have that in more high schools. I'm right? So out. very interesting. It wasn't the healthiest situation with the instructor from what I understand, but there was, some boundary stuff, but anyway, um, it was, <laughs> that's, that's another, um, another oh, podcast. Um, so, uh, EST, the EST training, uh, Earhart sensitivity oh training or Earhart. That's total seventies. Yeah. Yeah, baby. Yeah. So it was basically a class, uh, a semester long version of the EST training sort of scaled down for high school students. That was our basis for our peer counseling program that the kids who went through that, some of them went forward to become peer counselors, 
once we kind of had this like self-realization type of thing under our belt a little bit, just a, a little taste. Yeah. Uh, so I went on to the counseling program. Right, yeah. So I felt, yeah, I'm ready to hang out my shingle. Um, so, so I became a peer counselor and I was really, I really enjoyed being able to connect with other kids about things that were important in life. And that was really kind of, that really sort of got me started with wanting to have those conversations about meaningful stuff. And so that's what kind of led me into the, the human services and what led me into social work. I was still thinking, well, I'm going to do some therapy. But at the same time, I had been a, an AFS exchange student in Finland as soon as I graduated from high school. And I had kind of a life-changing experience there that made me want to do piecework. So even though I was pursuing this like sort of semi-clinical, I was actually going for the macro specialization in social work now that I think of it. But but I always had this, I, this, it had really fanned the embers of the peace thing for me. And, and so, so I really wanted to, that really sort of made me want to move forward with that. So then it never, that part never really could subside. Like it, oh, that, once that flame was lit, I couldn't put it on the back burner anymore. I couldn't, that's sorry, the mixed metaphor, but um, it started like growing in me. I couldn't, I couldn't say no to it. I could, even though I moved on, I was thinking, okay, well, I'm going to do macro social work. I'm doing like policy work or something. I started thinking more about things like um, like the Carter Center. I became an intern at the Carter Center in Atlanta and and um, wanted to do what they do. And, and then got into the church, wanted to do the reconciliation work of the church. So that was um, that is really the trajectory that's been my my heart's you know passion. That's been like the common thread through the whole thing. So now I want to have meaningful conversations with people, not only about their own intrapsychic processes, but people together about their conflicts that they have with each other, if that makes sense. Like actual like communal, intercommunal conflict. Yeah, it absolutely makes sense. And I think it's, um, now I see that this was kind of something that the social work stuff, yes, it's great. And that's kind of, you like how the human psyche works and you like how it works in application with conflict. Right, and it's related to me. It's to me, it's a type, it's kind of like another branch of social work. I agree. Mm-hmm. Even though the international relations profession, social work has kind of a negative connotation because the connotation is that you're wanting to go in and fix a situation, mm-hmm. which we know is not what social work is about if it's practiced correctly, but that's the, there's right. a type of, there is a type of person that tends to be a social worker. I'm just so going to, I hear, <laughs> just gonna so put I hear. That out there. Yeah. Um, there can be. Yeah. There are, yet. there are such poor, unfortunate souls. Yeah. I also think about the difference and the similarities between social work and international relations and how the international relations, it's the connections between larger groups rather than individuals. Although within the group, there are individuals. So you can't, you really can't tease out that interconnectedness, right? So it seems like having a social work background would be perfect. That's what I think. For moving into right the realm of international relations because now you you have an understanding of the people behind the problems exactly right? you're trying to mediate the issue the issue is caused because of people that's right that's so right it's, it's a human characteristic to have conflict. yes yeah it, it always comes down to that i mean it always does i'm curious to know if you've ever had a conflict with your journey to this point and how let me rephrase this. 
Was there any time in your life when you weren't sure that your values were going to work out for you? I think that makes sense. Does that make sense? I think the only time when I can think of that I had a conflict that I felt um, any sort of conflict with that was when I ended my previous relationship where I felt like I wasn't being the person I should be. Mm. Um, and I, I didn't feel like I was doing anybody justice. Like I wasn't, I wasn't living up to my, you know, living my best life or, or, or being the person I should be. And so that was, that was very disappointing for me. And it, and I still, I still, I don't feel good about that time. I don't know what I could have done differently, but I don't feel good about that time and that process. Um, so I've only just had to try to, um, you know, forgive myself and, and try to find renewal and, 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 cause I, I really have always been my worst critic. So, I mean, I can just harp on myself forever and ever and ever, but it's just, it's, it's, it's a dead end and it doesn't do anything for me and it doesn't do anything for anybody else. And, um, you know, I try to, I try to grow when I can, but yeah, that's, that's the main thing, I guess, that, that period. And I'm curious to know what did that, what in yourself let you know that that was kind of not in alignment with what you wanted for yourself? I felt, I felt like I was not being loving toward my wife. I wasn't treating her the way I thought I should and that I would want to be treated and that, you know, I just felt like, um, but I didn't, I didn't know how to, how to transcend that, that discord that we were having. And, you know, we did have counseling that didn't go as smoothly as I would have liked. And um, I just, I felt that I needed to end the relationship. And that was, it was just, it was really, I mean, I can't, it was really, um, I was really disappointed in myself, but knowing that I didn't know how else that I was gonna go through that process, how I was gonna go to the next day, you know, other than to make that change, that's, I just felt like I, okay, well, I guess I just have to live with this. Somehow I have to find, I have to figure out, you know, if I've, if I've done this act that is, that is so harsh, you know, how can I be continue to show this person love? I mean, I, I, we have a good relationship now. Um, I, I pray for her every day. You know, I, I, um, I do whatever I can to be kind to her. And I think she appreciate, I think she feels that. And I'm grateful that she feels that I st am still trying to do what I can to, to bring healing energy with her. So what it sounds like in, is that there was a discord and for you, mm -hmm. that discord is yes. in complete opposite to your value of harmony. Right. And so then of course it would be, how do I bring this back into harmony? And if the discord's within yourself, it sounds like you did the most healing thing you could for yourself. That's, mm -hmm. it seemed like the only thing at the time and, and I was seeking other ways of, you know, can I do it this way? Can I do it this? And I just, it didn't seem like there was any other path. We said something there that you said at the beginning, which is a part of your peace value and harmony value is treat others like you want to be treated. And yeah. that's kind of was not what was happening. And you, you know, you found the solution. Mm -hmm. so. And as a mediator, you know, that sometimes the solution is hard to swallow. Yeah, that's true. That's true. No, there's a lot. I mean, there's like, like probably most people, I, I told myself some things early on about how I thought my life should go. And, um, and it hasn't always gone that way. I, I've always felt, um, 
I, I have always, my part of my narrative is that I feel like I've always been carried along in, in life. I feel like I've always been provided for, and I feel like for the most part, things have gone smoothly for me. And um, that was really one of the big times where I thought, no, that's not, it doesn't feel like that now. So that was a real mind blower, but, but um, I don't know where I want to go with that. Just that, that I still feel carried along. I still feel like I'm, I'm being taken care of and that, that God and my, the universe are, I'm okay. You know, I'm in an okay zone. I have love. I try to be love and that's all we can do. I think is just try to find our way forward in that way. I think you kind of trip up, you know, we try to get back. I think you answered one of those key questions that we have is, you know, what makes up your pie and how, like, what's the secret ingredient to doing that? And I think you said something so key there, Uh which is, I try to be love and I try to be that space for people and that feeling for people. And I think that's forgotten a lot. And I think in your work, that is what you bring to the table is reminding people that there is love to be shared. Um, And I just am in awe of that because I think I forget to do that a lot. I forget to come from a place of love. Um, (laughs) I'm, I'm a sharp tongue person. I, um, have a way with words sometimes when I'm angry that can just cut right through you. And, um, it's, it's a reminder. What you just said is a reminder that if we can just come from a place of love, we'll always find commonality. We'll always Mm -hmm. want to find that solution Mm -hmm. and we'll be in harmony and peace. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying that when I've, when I've come up and, you know, there are people in my life, my nephew, has some very different political perspectives than mine. And I just found this out about a month ago and it was just so earth shattering to me and um, other people too in my life who are dear to me, who I thought, wow, I thought I really, I knew you better than that. And apparently I don't. And, and I feel like I find myself wanting to convince these people and stuff. And it's like, you know what? Things are so tense right now. We're all so deeply dug in that it's, it, there's no sense to it. Like it's no, it's just frustrating. So this is why, you know, it's, it's not the easiest thing to find the love, but it's the only thing that moves us forward. And it, it, anything else is just, it's just like running into a brick wall over and over again. And so it's just, it's so pointless and it's never going to get more, what? It's never going to be more productive than running into a brick wall. It's, it's where you find the love that you can, that you can move forward at all. Even if it's just in little things, I like chocolate brownies or whatever, or, you know, don't talk about the nuts because that's very controversial, but like, do you like brownies, period? <laughs> or, I don't know. I can only imagine, I sorry, Dina, I just cut right in, but I can only imagine some of the things that you use since you just threw brownies out. I can only imagine some of the things that you use to find common interests among people that have probably very different interests and I imagine if brownies is one of them like what else do you what else it almost do you doesn't use? matter it almost doesn't matter I mean to be honest in the in the church setting um when we dealt with uh years ago we were doing these learning conversations around um, human sexuality issues and things like that and so we would intentionally put people together at a table who were self-identified as more liberal self-identified as more conservative and self-identified as moderate and mix those folks up and try to kind of have that type of conversation with these people. And, and the way we would start it, that all the folks would have, would be Episcopalians. And so ostensibly they would all have some sense of Christianity. 
and and but the, the beginning question was who am i and what does jesus mean to me to to just break the ice and and in that setting pretty much everybody would be able to have a meaningful answer to that question and and they would find that is where we would start to find common ground so in that setting that's kind of a way that you would do that in another setting it could be like ice cream or whatever uh whatever it is um sports and, and just something just sports whatever it's simple um and and just basic and and honest to god things can start there it doesn't have to be a big deal if, if people can get you know people go yeah what about those dodgers i mean or whatever it is or i don't know whatever it is that that, that that's what gets people real that realizing that they're human that the other is human so you can see the humanity in the other and you can see the face of god in the other you could see the the, the ubuntu um i am because we are you know the the uh so it's a Swahili word, I think, um, but it's a word we use in the church um, that we're, we're a collective, we're a human race. And we have bunches of stuff in common. Yeah, more and in common way, than we have. Totally more in common. Different. Yeah. yeah, I'm sorry, I was just gonna say, Dina, that you might remember this song from Sting called Russians. Um, I hope the Russians love their children too. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. this is during the Cold War, like, you know, yes, the Russians love their children too. So let's talk about kids or let's talk about whatever, because we do, everybody loves, you know, some things. That's absolutely right. And I was struck by something you said, um, backing up a little bit, and that is how when you found out that your nephew had some differing political views, how that hurt, because you were not expecting that. And I am, I, I completely understand. And at the same time, I find it very interesting that these days a, a, a differing political view can be hurtful. Mm -hmm. Well, because, yeah, but this is the thing is it's so laden with meaning. Right. And when he says, if he says, I voted for this person, to me, that means, well, you bought into this whole package of that, um, that I'm it was explicit. By. You can do that. Yeah. It's a, it's a Friday night. Um, that, that I'm offended by. And so that meant even the fact that he would make cast his vote with, for one particular person that carried so much weight for me and so much significance that, um, that, yeah, it was hurtful to me. And so, but I can't, it's like, if we start to go through that and we just go and like dig through like the, uh, uh, uh what is it? QAnon and like conspiracy theories and whatever, I can't, life is too short. So we recently, we share a birthday. We're exactly 20 years apart. We celebrated our birthday. We didn't say much about politics, but we celebrated our birthday and we know that we love each other and that's a start. And um, I still feel like I need to have a conversation with him where we kind of work through some of this stuff, but this is a start. We love each other. Um, and that's what, that's what we know. Yeah, I, I think know. for me, it's just that realization how different things are, how, you know, 20 years ago, if somebody had said, oh, hey, you know, I'm conservative, it would not carry, I would not feel as personally affronted because it's exactly what you said. It's everything that now, when you vote for a person, it's everything that person carries with them or her. And that's a lot of baggage. And it's a lot of baggage on our side, on, on our side. See, now it's an us and them. And that's, <laughs> that's what is hurtful is that it's become an us versus them. Mm -hmm. And you know what, that's a, that's a political tool. That's a political device. Mm -hmm. And there Operation. are plenty of people who benefit from, from, from the fact that we have these, these difficulties with each other. Absolutely. Um, and so that's where it's up to the, us, each, each of us individual peeps to, um, to, to, to reach out and touch each other, only not literally right now. 
but um, <laughs> to, you know, to just find each other. Cause we're still the same people we've been inhabiting the planet for all these years. And, and, and we still have the same wants and needs and, and, and we're all the same wonderful fabric of humanity threads. Definitely feeling super guilty for flicking off the people on the side of the street today with their signs. <laughs> we had a, talk, we had a discussion I mean, about that. There's so much energy right now, so much and so much tension and I mean, I think we can cut ourselves a little slack, <laughs> but you know, but like, we are none of us perfect. If, yeah. Yeah. But if well, we can I, just kind of try to anchor ourselves to something, to some light. To I hang think on to. you said something back to the, like being love and showing up as love. I think this year, particularly um, hate was so prevalent, whether it was you hated politics, you hated the movements, you hated what was happening because of the movements or why the movements were being started. You hated COVID, you hated that you couldn't travel. There was so much collective hate mm -hmm. that I think what I'm hoping for that comes in 2020, not just a shift to the fact that I could like travel and touch people's faces without it being a dilemma is that we shift into a more love space. Um, I mean, that's, you know, the, the dream. But I think that with this idea of conflict and the idea of commonality and all of what we've spoken in this podcast, I feel the collective this year more so than ever that if we could just all go back to the fact that we're made of water, blood, cells, a brain, a heart, organs, if we could just go back to the commonality of what makes up a human being, I think that shift of love might be easier. But like you said, things like politics are set up to divide, you know, states are kind of set up to divide, being from East Coast, West Coast, um, ages, even age and gender, all that stuff is kind of built to divide us. But this is a very fertile time, mm -hmm. a very fertile time. And, and we have it right there at our fingertips, like you said, you know, to be able to, that we have so much that we're experiencing together. Mm -hmm. um, and so so the, the scales could so easily tip in the direction of love if we can just kind of be open enough to it. Cause we all, who doesn't hate COVID? Yeah. Right? I mean, who does not hate, doesn't serve anybody whatsoever. It's like, that's something we can all get behind. I mean, even if we disagree with whatever, who's trying to like manipulate us into wearing masks or whatever, <laughs> um, you know, it, it's, it's, we hate COVID. We want wellness. We want to be alive and just stuff like that. I mean, that's how often do you really have something that can unite people like that? And that's, and that's even, that's a place to start. Yeah. That collective. So, yeah. I've got lots of hope. And I think, I think this is a really good place to start. And that is to have conversations that are about, not about other people, but about ourselves mm -hmm. and how we move in the world so that we can grow and learn and try to understand different perspectives. Even though, as I've said before, I feel like, you know, we have a, a tiny segment of a population um, who are in agreement with, in alignment, not in agreement necessarily, but in alignment with the values that we hold dear. You know, it starts with us. Mm -hmm. And Wendy, I, I think that as a social worker, we know that we can work with one person at a time. And as a, an expert in international relations, it takes, it moves that not, you know, it moves up the ladder so that it's not just one person, it's a collective of people and then a nation of people and then an entire world population. And I have so much respect for 
your understanding of that macro, that greater collective than I have. It's, I appreciate people like you in the world who can remind us Thank you. of the love that it's really, that's what it boils down to. Yeah, thank you. And it's an amazing world. I mean, it's it's the view when you, to see all that is just it's it's mind boggling in, in in a very beautiful way. I mean, there's 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 hate and fear and destruction, but there's there's I mean, love is love is a universal too. Absolutely. I've never met um, Wendy. I've never met somebody that does kind of the work that you do, and um, I'm just kind of sitting here really inspired because. Sometimes I get lost in my selfish bubble and, um, I live on 10 acres and that's my world. And yeah, I mean, it's big, but in reality, it's small comparatively. And I wake up, I do the same thing. COVID has not affected my day to day. And this conversation that I'm having with you and just the way that you're just on this bigger scale of collective love has in the hour that we've been talking has already just kind of had me step back and be like, huh, how can I show up better in a space of love when conflict is, when I'm faced with conflict and um, it's not flicking off the side of the people and, and, you know, flicking those people off or uh, getting into arguments on the smallest things that just, I, I like to be right all the time. My husband will tell you that. And know this conversation is just it almost kind of just hit me with like how can I now show up differently and I really just thank you so much because I never had this conversation with somebody before where it's like oh there's good about conflict there's good with conflict is a good thing and you just have to figure out how to navigate it from a space of commonality and humility and I just thank you right thank you that's our all of our work to do as my my I have a friend who developed a curriculum about making peace and interracial it's called my work to do and we all have that that is quite true well wendy again thank you so much for being here with us um my pleasure dina this has been very enlightening and i will say this probably every single episode i feel like i've grown even more yeah (laughs) (laughs) i just learned so much and I know you, Wendy, right? Yeah. And you and I spent hours and hours and years and years talking and having amazing conversations and, you know, here for an hour. I think I've probably learned more about you as a person, as a human, as who you are than I did in eight and a half years of working with you. Wow. Well, th- you know, I really thank you for this opportunity. I just, I, I really do. I, 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 you know, what a great idea. Um, that you you had with this with this podcast, and um, I think we all have so much to learn from each other. So it's a real gift, and I really appreciate this opportunity from both of you. Well, thank you so much, and yeah. um, I look forward to future conversations with you because I'm like stuck now, and now I just need to learn how you <laughs> resolve conflict because there's lots of conflict in my life. So um, well, it's kind of a cliffhanger, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I never really thought of our podcast as having cliffhangers, but okay. Well, <laughs> but I love that. There you go. You never know. Come um, back by the way, next the, week. My, yeah. Next week's episode. If I had some of these skills as a teenager and like what productive problem solving and productive conflict oh, yeah. resolution would look like. 
Wonderful. Thank you so much. All right. Well, thank you ladies. And uh, hope to see more of you later. And thank thank you you very much. All right, Wendy, say hi to Melinda. Okay. Thanks. You say hi too. I hope everyone enjoyed it and we'll see you next week on the wellness pie shop. Be safe. Wear your masks. Bye-bye. Bye.